0: Welcome to Job Tales, the show where we find out about different professions from the people who know. Each week I speak to a new guest with a very interesting job. I'm Laura Leoncini and today my guest is Deborah Rousseau, South African photographer. In our conversation she touches on many important points and she gives a good advice if you want to enter this line of work. But also she has written down some answers which I find very authentic and so I'm pasting them for you in the description of the episode on your podcast player. Any photographers out there, please share your opinion, what you think and let me know if you agree with Deborah. Deborah, you're a photographer and you're in South Africa. I welcome you to my podcast. Can you describe your job today?
1: I would say that I start off a job having a good idea of the brand, what the brand represents, its tone and its manner and its strategy. So a good description of my job would be doing a little bit of of that homework and understanding your vision and what it is you would like to get out of the job. It's not a case of just getting a shot and imitating that shot. It's also a case of taking what you've learned from the brand and applying that and trying to put that in the shot and in the vision, whether it's with dressing or emotion or whatever sort of communication arts there is, I would say that best describes my job, translating a piece of communication.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you need to to translate everything into a still, right? Which mm. is different from video. And so do I understand correctly that you have a corporate clients and then you work on branding mostly
1: today? I do film stills where, where I shoot the print and the outdoor alongside the TV ad. And then I do campaigns for ad agencies where they will say look here's an account we need to shoot a campaign grab a team of 10 people and shoot that for three days so yeah between the two I sort of jump between the two and then I also do a lot of small things in between you know
0: yeah yeah and so how did you get there because of course that means that now you have customers you have uh, calls you do you are known maybe not extremely famous like you were telling me before but you do have enough that to get you going in as an independent photographer how did it all start
1: I was an art director in advertising I had been doing that for about 10 years and I'd left And I started working with one of my creative heads. He had started a very small company and they were doing a TV ad. And he said, well, come to set, bring your camera. And I shot some pictures and they said thereafter, we'd like to put them on airport billboards, which are quite large in Cape Town and Joburg. And then I just after that I was like well this is this is amazing this is something I want to do with regards to stills.
0: And you had already experience as a photographer?
1: I was just starting out you know when I was in advertising I was obsessed with the communication arts books and I was always looking at photos and we would have to come up with our own ideas to enter them into you know etc. And I would have to go out often and shoot the idea, which wasn't actually executed and there wasn't actually money behind it, but we wanted to win awards. So we'd come mm-hmm. up with a concept and then often we'd have to go and shoot it and then do our own, you know, photo manipulation or. You know, digital composites, whatever, and there, there it sort of started to grow. So, if I understand, then
0: you have done a, your previous job was in art as an art director. So, you did some studies before you became a photographer.
1: Yes, I got okay. a bursary at a at a private college uh, called the Red and Yellow School of Logic and Magic in Cape Town. I had to study for three years to be in advertising, and then yeah, I went and worked you know at an ad agency for first one for about two years, and then I went to another one for about eight years. Okay. And I've been shooting for about 14.
0: So it was always in the creative, on the creative aspect of advertising.
1: Yeah, I always knew I never wanted to stay in advertising and that whatever I did would branch off from advertising.
0: So since you were a little, you know, let's say, <laughs> hmm. a young, uh, young lady, you, you, you knew that eventually you would want to work in something related to visual.
1: Creative, yes. I mean, uh, I. was Yeah, I mean, you know, that generation before us were very skeptical. If you told them you want to be an artist, they saw you on the side of the street begging, and you know, they yes. were like, "Be a secretary <laughs> or a receptionist." So, you know, things have changed. I guess now we're living in a digital economy, and and it's not just print and TV anymore. We have, you know, social media, you know, executions and mediums. So. There's a lot more that's accessible to us, you know
0: yeah for sure, and do you think that over time it's um, you know gaining that the skills of a photographer has been has become easier thanks to technology or is there still you know some skills that you need to learn that independently from what technology can offer you today well because, you know, if you think of anybody can shoot a, a photo yeah, and then make yeah. it nice with Photoshop
1: or, or so. Would. Yeah, I totally am anti-gear because I've seen a lot of photographers out there that have tons of lighting and equipment but can't take a good photograph, whereas I uh, learned by having a, a prime lens, which has no zoom and without a flash and actually starting off on music stages which taught me the discipline of getting into the shots, getting into the position of the composition. So you had to find the action. You had to see it before it was coming. You had to be able to predict it. And you had to get into the shot. You couldn't be lazy with the zoom and or flash. So you had to learn how to shoot manually. And, and so I find that technically I'd rather hire people who can do that for me you can do all the lighting and all the gear, and then I focus on the emotion because I find there are a lot of photographers out there that are very successful and have made it, but there's still something lacking in the work, and that's where I'm most passionate about. It's it's finding that emotional element and being able to deliver on that. And that is changing also with the times because the spirit of the times changes because Like I said, 10, 20 years ago, things might have been a little bit more cheesy, but if you look at the future generations of today, they like something a little bit more quirky or something a little more different in an image that makes it special. So, you know, one Hmm. has to also keep up with the spirit of the times. Like, for example, people with like one eye closed or eyes closed was a bad shot 10 years ago. You couldn't even show it to anyone. Everyone wanted Uh cheesy smiley faces, but with sixteen year olds today, they love that kind of interesting stuff, so yeah, I think you you got to keep evolving more more authentic yes uh, you got to evolve with what 's coming you know with mm-hmm. with the, with the future if you stay within a certain bracket or genre you'll you will become known to be that way, so you 've got to keep evolving
0: are you still an art director or are you a full time photographer now
1: i 've been a full time photographer for about ten years when I left art direction I gave myself a year to transition into photography and to find clients so I wouldn't say if you are in a job quit today and start being a photographer tomorrow Mm -hmm. I would say give yourself time and stay within that job and then learn over a year and when you feel you have enough clients then say you know I'm doing this professionally
0: that's a good advice and how did you learn what was your learning
1: oh getting thrown in the deep end is the quickest way to learn you know, a lot of people ask, "Have you done courses, or do you need to do this and that?" And, yeah. and I learned on Google. A big okay. part of a big part of photography for me is empathy, and what you bring to the table as an individual. And that's something I didn't see you starting out. It sort of came as a, as a surprise. I didn't know that what I had, my value, my energy, and the love that I emit would play such a big role but it honestly does because you can walk into a room and the subject might not feel so comfortable and you've got to work with them. And I'm sure some Mm -hmm. photographers that are more successful than myself often have to, have to bring in their best, you know, characteristics and leadership skills when they're shooting celebrities and that sort of thing. You know, it's a, it's a big responsibility to be, to be the best version of yourself. And I, I didn't see that coming. So I would say to people if they want to get into photography, don't go learn a photography course. Go do a leadership course. Go work on yourself mm-hmm. and become the best version of yourself because that's the table that you're literally making for the next person or the people that you're shooting.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, I, just, was I, did, I didn't see I didn't <laughs>
1: see that at first, and it sort of came up over the last five years, and I really feel that that the, the value that you you bring is is. Um, your own personal growth how you understand people your compassion you know what you say and the magic that often happens is is the space between the subject and you and I never thought that I was contributing to that
0: that's great so 10 years and how many years have you been in the workplace in the you know working you know professional life
1: I actually started off as a music photographer. Um, I became Cape Town's best music photographer, live band and performance photographer. And I was even published in magazines and that, and eventually I realised that there wasn't enough of a fan base in, in this country, because it's not like Europe, etc., where you have Coachella and Lollapalooza, etc. So our fan base, we're not that committed to musicians as as and or sports as they are abroad. So I then branched out into doing behind the scenes on film sets. And then when I was on behind the scenes, I would sometimes take a still, take a shot that I would like. And I started to build up content that way. And once I had enough content, I could say I'm now a stills photographer. And then those stills images helped me become a commercial photographer, which is an advertising photographer, which is your own set, not a film set. So, yeah, it's just about, it's about, I think, not stopping. Like, you don't want to get stuck somewhere where you're just a behind-the-scenes photographer or just a wedding photographer or just a portrait photographer. You know, I think you just want to, you want to continue to grow.
0: You know, you said that you had your um, first customers and then you started to have a base and, and then eventually you felt confident enough to, you know, let, you know, to leave your other job and then be full-time. Yeah. How do you find your first customers? Like, what do you do? I guess it's the hardest part for someone who wants to become a photographer.
1: You know, I honestly think it's about you are the brand. Already I had a brand. I was this music photographer and then a, a director and a producer. Like the idea of that being on set, you know, of this sort of a rock and roll attitude that the crew could be shot in light of, you know? So I created a brand and, um, at the time, Facebook was still quite new. I I would tag people in the shots and then that, that would mm-hmm. come up on their wall. I think I you know, must have had over like 5,000 followers on Facebook when it just started. Now I've got like 400. But I used the social media to create a brand. Now, that brand also has gone away because you've got to recreate yourself. Like I'm not... I'm not that person anymore. Uh, I've, I've, I've almost been like about nine different people in my life. But but once you've got mm-hmm. that brand, I think you've got to almost empty the cup and then say, okay, I've done this, and then start something new. So the best thing you can do, I think, is to create an image or a brand of yourself, what it is that you add, because there's only one of you. You know, For, for, for now, my brand is my empathy. I work a lot with seniors and with kids. So you know, I like to do healthcare and and sometimes a lot of older men. And sometimes you can't have a scary looking cameraman on a kids shoot, you know. So so also I focus on feminine products and sensitivity NGOs documentary style stuff. So the brand that I've that I'm working on or that I've created at the moment is a lot around what I can offer as an individual, which the next person might not be able to.
0: Do you ever worry about not having enough customers?
1: I mean, yes, it's tough. I mean, a shooting I would say is actually quite easy, but you know, in terms of business, it's it's yeah. hell of a tough. You have dry spells. You almost assume that you're always going to have work. You don't. And you don't really save. It's challenging, but I mean, it teaches you resilience and strength, mm-hmm. and it shapes who, it shapes who you are. You know, I could have stayed in a nine to five job and worked in office, in you know, a job all my life. But if I hadn't have done this, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I'm, and I'm proud of all those challenges, you know, because, you know, without them, I wouldn't know the, 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 the power that I have within me, mm-hmm. you know. So they're good, you know, it just depends which way you look at it.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's a great great answer because uh, it's always the half uh, full or half empty glass and how you take it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's
0: true that you, you, I guess, you also you got out of your comfort zone at some points in in life, and uh, yeah, that's where you found your resilience.
1: Yeah, sure. yeah.
0: And do you have uh, w- what's ahead for you? Like, uh, do you have any, you know, further projects, or you you think you're gonna continue? and you know still photography
1: well you know the dream was always to travel and take photographs not of travel photography but just great photographs um I've always Mm. loved you know as a kid I would sit and look through my dad's national geographics and you know they would get them in the post and and I was always so fascinated with with images and, you know, I would like to, the next jobs I would like to shoot would be more healthcare, medical stuff and, and agriculture and just focus on where people are putting money. A couple of years ago, I'd focus a lot of an, on insurance because that's kind of what a lot of businesses were, were coming up with. But, you know, it changes like, you know, we have now all these pharma companies so yeah, I think you know I'd like to focus on where the money is at, but yeah, the dream is to leave a legacy of images that one day people can look at and go, "Wow, look at look at the world back then." You know, I'm I'm passionate mm-hmm. about also you know archival photography and looking at old old photographs. It's just so fascinating. So yeah, I hope mm-hmm. one day I can I can sit there, you know, whether I'm 80 or whatever, and have a really you know sustainable amount of photographs that I can leave with the world and say look there that's what I contributed you know yeah
0: and today uh, what are you most proud of in terms of what you've done
1: in my work or in my personal life in your work my work or really
0: do your job as a photographer
1: i don't know i think pride is the enemy and ego is the enemy especially in photography because when you are shooting your ego gets in the way and gets in the way of the shot. Whereas as an art director, your ego really helped you. So so pride, I think, like hope, I don't really believe in. But for me, the, the, the proudest moments I have are, are of the the smaller, intangible moments. So say, for example, once we were shooting a crowd of 200 people in the street at night and I had to move with the DOP, the focus puller and the grip in sync with them running through this crowd of 200 people but then also had to be quick enough to get out the way and my proudest moment was being totally in sync with those three grown men and and Mm -hmm. and being able to work with them for me I take so much out of that you know Um, Mm -hmm. and there's little moments like once I had to go to Zimbabwe and shoot in um, a little village called Masanga Village on Lake Kariba and it was so rural that some of the African kids had never seen white people and they were looking at us as if we were ghosts. And there was this uh-huh. one girl that there was a language barrier as well. And she had taken me into the village and into her home, but we couldn't talk and and yet we had so much communication and and so many beautiful moments. And those those kind of moments, you know, I will take with me, you know, and and, and till the right till the end. There's been a few of them, you know, sometimes you have to work with with TB patients, AIDS patients. And, you know, one time I was working with a celebrity and she was down here working on on a project. And some of the things that that I learned uh, through talking to the subjects were horrendous, awful. So you learn a lot about people and their obstacles and challenges, and it gives oneself an attitude of gratitude. Sometimes, you know, I, I worked with a kid that it was a scene we had to reenact, and he had sort of left his, been bombed out of his house, and it was a Syrian scene. But it really broke me down into tears because I realized that this is what was actually happening in the world. So for me, my proudest moments are those, those things that really touch me and move me and inspire me, that I can go to sleep at night going, you know what, I've got something in my heart now that I can take mm-hmm. with me. Because the, the material stuff we can't take with, with us. When we leave, we yeah. can't take the car and the house. Mm-hmm. That's
0: so true. It's those kind of... The richness in soul. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's the, the nostalgia, the textured stuff that, that keeps me shooting. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of pride, I think one of actually my, one of my proudest moments was when there was a, it's not in my portfolio, but there was a woman falling out the sky and I had to get her in a split second of a shot. And you've almost got to see it like as as a racing driver sees that you've got to see it way before it happens so so mm-hmm. yeah I think it's personal it's it's a very personal thing when when you achieve something like that and you go well now I feel like I'm becoming a better photographer or I am a better photographer
0: yeah, yeah, awesome. so, yeah. do you think there are compromises you need to be prepared to make for this job
1: like giving something up I mean your like ego up, like, yeah,
0: yeah you know on. what
1: yes you, yeah I mean your identity like often I have to so one of my biggest things is never outshine your the people above you so often I have to sort of act unaware or a lot smaller than I am just to get the kind of shot that I need so I'm Every, every time I shoot, I'm compromising my pride, my ego, who I know, are who I am, just so I can, I can, the results is what I'm committed to, the results of the shot. So mm. you've got to kind of be a shapeshifter. And if you need to be someone that, you know, looks a bit unaware and doesn't know what they're doing, sometimes it can help you because then the other person you're shooting doesn't feel threatened. And, and the people working around you don't feel threatened so mm-hmm. I would say your ego Same. is the, the biggest thing you have to compromise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> and lastly like imagine that I am a young man or young woman who would like to start a career in photography. I know how to take so stills and i don't know what to i think i know i'd say <laughs> and uh and then i want to get you know and i want to get out there I, I want to find clients and to you know find the first jobs you know first paid jobs yeah. where do i go what do we, what is your suggestion
1: i would say get a camera take some photos and create a brand something that that you offer that no one else can offer and then yeah use use some sort of social media but the, most, Such as, most
0: like, what what would be the social media that you would like if you could pick well, one?
1: Yeah, I don't. The thing is, like, the, the you know, with that, it's changed now. Social media was really great for finding clients when it first started, but it's it's not so much anymore. It's just inundated mm. with stuff. Okay. So you know, I think it's about not being banal and and um, finding something that you like that that you can say, look, I know I can offer this, and and you know, not everyone can. And finding your style, putting putting yourself in your work, is what's going to make or break you. If if you're lacking you in your in your images and your portfolio, you're going to eventually fall flat. It's just going to all be, you know, very posed shots with lots of money behind it. So so I I think if you're starting out, you got to you got to find what you love and you got to stick with that and you just got to you just got to keep chasing that.
0: Hmm.
1: Like for me, it's a lot about people. You know, what's yeah
0: yeah and, and can you actually have like uh, paid jobs being employed somewhere like are you maybe at a newspaper does it still exist
1: yeah there are a lot of, a lot of in-house agencies but yeah. again I would hesitate to do too much of that like when I was a photographer I did one winter where I went back to an ad agency and I did art direction and then all my photography fell short so so I you know, the thing is you just don't want to get stuck in something where you can't grow out of and also with the paid salary it's a set rate and you might end up getting stuck in that whereas if you're independent mm-hmm. and bold you have more opportunity to make passive income versus staying in something that's a standard rate you know mm, good point yeah mm.
0: well thank you very much i think our time is through but that's super thank interesting you you see like the 25 minutes when uh, it
1: goes (laughs) i don't know i could talk about this for days (laughs)
0: for days (laughs) when you're passionate about your job yeah that's awesome and i hope you we have inspired a few a few people to take on this uh this path and uh i wish you all the best
1: thank you i would say if anyone is looking to do it it is one of the most rewarding things in life on a soul level and i would just say go for it because it's just priceless you can't you you know there might be times where you don't have money or, or you know there are challenges, but but um, it's what you get out of it and through through people and what you learn and through experiences. It is it is it's the most wealthiest thing I think one can add to their lives.
0: Oh, it's awesome! And so the last last message for today is go for it, do ah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. Okay, bye. That was Deborah Rousseau, photographer from South Africa. A link to her work is in the text. I invite you to write a comment or a rating on your favorite podcast player. It will help me improve my next episodes. You can write me directly at jobtalespodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, see you next week for a new episode of Job Tales.